Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 17. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 17. And we're going to look at uh, a few verses. We're going to go from 17 to verse number 23. Say, I'm in a reset. What that means is that uh, what was and who you were and how you used to do things and old drama, old mess, old problems, that's over. And something fresh and new is beginning. Somebody say, I believe that. Somebody say, I receive that. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 17, Chronicles, which means to tell the story. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Uh, there are some battles where God says, this one, it's good that you're a gladiator, but I want you to gladiate a different way. There's some battles you got to go out and fight. There's some battles that appraisal will knock out for you. And what he says, he says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Somebody say this battle. I'm telling everybody under the sound of my voice, when I say this battle, whatever the battle God's uh, referring to is going to instantly pop in your mind when I say this battle and that battle tonight, you're going to handle with your praise. One, two, three, whatever this battle is that just popped in your mind, your praise is going to handle that tonight. I said your praise is going to handle that tonight. He says, position yourself, say position then he said, stand still. He said, stop all that extra and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Oh, Judah, that's praise, and Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city of Shalom, the people of peace. Here's another way, you. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. He says, do not fear nor be dismayed. He said, don't break down. That's what dismay is. He, 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 said, he said, don't, don't, get, don't, don't get crazy. Don't get overly emotional. Touch your neighbor and say, don't do all of that. 
Uh-huh. Thursday morning, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. The Bible actually says, tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat, he's the king, bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping uh, the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites uh, and the children of Israel and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Levites there refer to the people who did the work of the ministry, specifically the, those of the priesthood. Korahites dealt with those that served. So it, it was talking specifically here. He, uh, he, he said he needed to make sure that the leaders were leading in praise and worship. Uh, which, which is why you ought to be glad you have a pastor that ain't ashamed to praise God and shout and holler and all that. Leaders lead from the front. Verse 20, so they rose early in the morning, since the sun is down, and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Say, that's us. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, which means the man of God assigned to your life, and you shall what? Prosper. Now, 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 prosper there deals with shalom. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken, all is well. Here, specifically, this word translates to being you shall succeed. Watch this. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those that should sing unto the Lord and called them harvest worship and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, now look, look at me, Wednesday. Now, they showing up for a fight singing. Touch and say, that makes no sense. How are you showing up for a fight? You talking about praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Shouldn't we be saying it's going to go down? Back up, back up, because it's on. I mean, something. Instead, watch this. Our weapons work differently. He said, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they, watch this, began to sing and to praise the Lord. Now, here's what I need you to understand. When they began to do it. Now, which means it's 742 mountain time now, which means at seven when we started. What you were doing in this auditorium was sending some ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were what? defeated. But the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Father, we honor you. We bless you tonight over these next few moments. Customize, tailor, make this work for us, your people, that we would move and walk in those great things that you have ordained. And that is that we would be on 10, experiencing the best of the best. People, places, things, and ideas. But additionally, Father, it is your will. Somebody say, it is your will. It is your will that as this, we conclude this series, Reset, uh, that we would reset tonight, tonight using one of our most powerful weapons, and that is our praise and our worship. Our praise and our worship <clears throat> have the ability to reset what looks like it's going to take us down, to reset what looks like it's going to take us out, to reset sickness, to reset disease, to reset lack, to reset family drama, to reset marital problems, whatever it is, our praise and our worship has the ability to reset it. And so tonight, we just announce a reset with our praise. And if you believe that, would you give him a praise? Do me a favor, encourage your neighbor on your left and your right, and just encourage them and tell them, say, reset with a praise, reset with a praise. You can be seated tonight.
You can be seated tonight. Uh, watch this. Uh, victory does not mean much unless you've had some battles you've had to fight. Uh, please understand, it doesn't. What is success if you've never looked at failure? What is being on top if you've never been at the bottom? What is being on a mountain if you've never been in the valley? As we've navigated through this series, Reset, it's been our endeavor to create new beginnings in every area of our life. I taught you how to have new beginnings in your family, in your finances, uh, resetting your faith with the fast. Every area that could be covered, we covered in this series. Touch your neighbor, say, and I've been following it. I've been following it. I hope you see that the greatest reset that's happened over these last couple of months in this series has actually been the reset that's been occurring in you. I hope you see that you've been growing. I hope you see that you've been getting better. I hope you see that you've been stretching. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm better than I've ever been. See, see, watch this. Any man that is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things are being made new. And the greatest thing that can be made new is you. And sometimes you don't see that you're growing because you're constantly bombarded with the things of you that are not where you'd like for them to be. But I need somebody, watch this, not to give God thanks for just your growth, but give God thanks for your neighbor's growth. There's some stuff your neighbor's dealing with that had it been a year ago, they wouldn't have made it. Had it been two years ago, they would have lost their mind, but they've been growing. They ain't even getting stressed out the way they used to get stressed out. They ain't even cussing like they used to cuss. They ain't drinking what they used to drink. Y'all not saying nothing. They are getting better. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm resetting. Uh, a matter of fact, truth be told, watch this. I know I'm preaching to you because you don't even recognize you anymore because you've grown so much. Matter of fact, when people say you've changed, you're like, I guess I have because, uh, because that is the whole idea. In the first place, watch this. We've been in this reset. And tonight, I wanted to bring this series. I wanted to have a convergence of one of our most powerful weapons. Say victory. I said victory doesn't mean much unless you've had some battles. Is there anybody in here you've ever faced an enemy? You ever had the deck stacked to get you? You ever had a circumstance that if God didn't step in, it wouldn't change? You ever had a problem where you could not find the way out? I got good news for you tonight uh, that one of the quickest ways you can reset what looks to be impossible is through your praise. And when you face any issue in life, God gives us nine ways to reset through our praise. See, I got nine resets with my praise. Uh, now, the passage we read was about the king of Judah. He was named Jehoshaphat. And he gets word that a large multitude of people are coming against him and Judah and the people of Jerusalem from three specific places. Say three places. The first were the Ammonites. The Ammonites meant that he had people problems. That word Ammon in Hebrew means people problems. Watch this. People problems have a very peculiar way of creating a problems in you that you did not have before until you encountered a person that created a problem for you. But so what are you saying? Uh, sometimes it's people problems that get people off track with God. Matter of fact, if, uh, as a pastor, all I got to do is look at who people get around to discover why they get off track. Because oftentimes, uh, uh, if the enemy wants to mess somebody up, he'll send somebody in their life that comes in looking like a sheep, but they're really a wolf. And to get them distracted, to mess up their focus, to get them off track. But you, I speak it into your life, that your days of getting off track are over. And matter of fact, we rebuke corporately tonight anybody that would enter your space that would get you off track matter of fact when they walk towards you there's going to be a shield around you that's going to make them walk the other way you've wasted too much of your days too much of your life and that's over somebody shout that's over 
the Ammonites were coming against them. He had people problems. Now watch this. This was a natural thing. But whenever we study the Bible, we are able to ascertain that while there is a natural thing that is being discussed, there's also a spiritual principle that is being illustrated. So Ammonites just don't literally represent the people of Ammon. It literally, watch this, uh, from the definition of the word means that he was dealing with people problems. Say people problems. People problems are interesting because people problems can come out of nowhere. People can be great on Monday and then by Tuesday you're like, who are you? People can be great on Wednesday and by Thursday you'll be like, what in the world is going on? Okay, nobody's ever dealt with anybody like that. If you've never dealt with people like that, then you're the person that we had to deal with that was like that. People problems are unique because sometimes you don't know if they're throwing shade, sipping tea, or what they're doing. You're trying to figure out what the problem is. Excuse me for my uh, uh, urban vernacular tonight. Sometimes when you're dealing with people problems, it can come from external people. But then watch this. Some of the most unique people problems you deal with are from people that are internal people. What does that mean? People that are around you, in your space, in your proximity. Sometimes some of the issues that you deal with, can I take my time tonight? Sometimes some of the issues that you deal with come from people around you because the enemy already realizes he can't get to you, so he's got to get to somebody that's in your space, that's in your place, that's around you, so he can attempt to distract you. Say Ammonites. People problems. A, people, a person probably could come through your spouse. It could come through your children. Uh, it could come through your boss. It could come through the principal. It could come through uh, the chancellor of your university. It could come from a variety of sources. But at the end of the day, people problems are unique because sometimes we sit back and wonder, God, do you see what this person is doing, number one? And number two, why aren't you doing anything about it? I wish there were some honest people in here tonight where sometimes your conversations with God really aren't conversations. They are facial expressions that you make when you're trying to understand the people problems you're dealing with. And you're like, and you didn't even understand your facial expression was really a question to God. Like, God, really? You're going to allow them to do this to me right at this moment? Have you ever had people bring you some stuff at the worst possible time? Uh, they came to you with some drama at the worst possible time. They called you with an issue at the worst possible time. He's dealing with some Ammonites. He's dealing with some people problems. But then the second group of people were the Moabites. Say the Moabites. Moab in Hebrew it means from the father which specifically here means generational curses say generational curses I've talked on this. I wrote a whole book about it. There's a whole series about it. You can get in the bookstore cafe or get in the online bookstore. Watch this. A generational curse is simply a destructive pattern of behavior that's passed down from one generation to the next. Check it out. Your neighbor, while they may be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, however old they are, they are actually at least 150 to 400 years uh, of baggage they're dealing with. Which means you see them looking nice and wonderful tonight, and that's wonderful. But the truth of the matter is they've got decades. They've got a century plus of baggage that's, watch this, that's been built up from people they've never even met. That's from people they've never even experienced. The unique thing about a generational curse is you don't have to be around the person that instituted and instigated and introduced the curse into the bloodline. You don't ever have to meet them. You just have to be born in the line after them. This is the reason why sometimes for those of you that have ever done family histories, family trees, ever look back at your bloodline, you will discover that a lot of the issues, nuances uh, 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 that you have about yourself, that they also existed in your bloodline. And then you'll say, oh, I got that from so-and-so. Oh, so-and-so did that. And it's interesting because you never even met them, yet you are so much like somebody that you never even met. Can I teach you tonight? Can I take my time? So now he's dealing with the Moabites, which represent and means in Hebrew generational curses. So not only does he have people problems, at the same time, he's fighting off stuff that's been here longer than him. 
He's dealing with stuff that has taken down other people in the bloodline before him. He's dealing with stuff that got other people strung out on drugs before him. He's dealing with, uh, can I teach it to you? He's dealing with stuff that made other folks divorce before him. He's dealing with others with stuff that made other folks stay in bad relationships before him. He's dealing with stuff that's been around for hundreds of years and here he comes talking about he's going to interrupt that but yet it's been here longer than him which means it's got more experience but what I love about God is that even if your curse has been here longer once you know better you now have an opportunity to do better. Let me remind you of who you are. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Touch your neighbor and say I know the curse has been here longer but I'm going to break it anyhow. Uh-huh, yeah, see, I know everybody in your bloodline was like this, but you're going to break it anyhow. I know everybody in your bloodline was broke, but you're going to break it anyhow. I know everybody died of disease in your bloodline, but you're going to break it anyhow. I know everybody in your bloodline has a bad attitude, but you're going to break it anyhow. I know that curse has taken down other people, but you, you're going to break it anyhow. He's dealing with simultaneously. Watch this. He's got one punch. He's got a, a right hook coming uh, from people problems. Dealing with Ammonites. He's got a, a left hook now coming where he's dealing with generational stuff. And what's interesting about generational stuff is the Bible says that it visits to the third and fourth generation. He says that uh, he's uh, long-suffering and that means he's patient and he's merciful. But he by no means, number says, clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity or generational sin of the, of the fathers, that's previous generations, to the third and fourth generations. Now, visits there is the word pastor in Hebrew. It's the word pakad, P-A-Q-A-D. It's the same word used for pastors in Numbers chapter 14. And so what's significant about this, watch this, doesn't even say stay with Bishop, What's significant, watch this, is that you don't get to determine when the curse decides to try to pull rank. You don't get to determine when the curse tries to show up and start some stuff. You're not hearing me. You, 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 uh, well, watch this. Say, say it tries to lead you. Say it tries to guide me. Say it tries to run my life. So here's what's significant is that oftentimes a generational curse will pick a fight with you and you never even knew that it had the opportunity to start something with you. You could be doing great all day, been doing great all week, and as you're moving and as you're navigating, all of a sudden this thing comes out of nowhere and you're left thinking, what in the world? What in the world is going on? What in the world is happening? So watch what the text says. It says, the Lord is long-suffering, is patient and abundant in mercy. He forgives iniquity and transgression. I've talked to this before, but he by no means, say no means, no. does he clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity, pastoring the iniquity of the fathers to the children of the third, third and fourth generation. So check this out. While, watch this. I'm going to help some of you understand why stuff happens the way he does. Because you ever had like a streak of days where everything was wonderful? Amen. And then like one day, that undid all of that streak of days? Only four of you have had that experience. Okay. Watch this. He's got this right hook coming that is Ammonite, people problems. Then, watch this. Right when he's vulnerable, the generational curse shows up to try to get him to forfeit his progress, to get him to forfeit all the change. Watch this. And to get him to forfeit the reset. It picked him. Touch your neighbor and say it picked him. Because watch this, because watch this, because it says it visits. Now, 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 now. I want you to get this imagery in your mind. You ever had somebody knock at your door, a package you ordered, they knocked at your door, and, 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 and you weren't there? Anybody ever had that happen? And then watch this, and then other times they just left the package there. 
You were hoping they'd do that this time. Because this was the big old package that you really hoped they left by the door. But that's the day the guy wants to follow all of the steps. And so they take it back and you now have to go pick it up. Watch this. But they don't write on there exactly what it is you're going to pick up. All you know is somebody visited and they're saying there's something that belongs to you. I need you to catch the principle. So what happens is when these curses, when these empowerments to fail begin to knock on your door, what ends up happening in your life is that if you're not taught better, you'll think, well, I'm just supposed to respond like that. I'm just supposed to run like that. I'm just supposed to give up like that because they told me that this package belongs to me. But when you're a curse breaker, you'll say, that ain't my package anymore. You can return that mess to sender because that's not who I am anymore. So watch this. Watch this. At the worst time, say worst time. I'm almost done. At the worst time, he's got people problems. He's got uh, Ammonites. He's then now... The generational curses come into play. Then finally, he's got this third thing. So you got two punches and a kick. Simultaneously. Getting punched twice and kicked would normally, watch this, knock you down. And anybody that felt knocked down, you getting your get up tonight. Let me preach to somebody online. If you felt knocked down tonight, you getting your get up. You ain't going to end this series in a worse condition than you started it. What's this? Mount Seir. Mount Seir. Watch this. Watch this. Mount Seir was the place. You remember how the children of Israel, they left Egypt. They left overnight. They were rich. Say rich. rich. Say filthy rich. filthy rich. I mean, they had so much money, they literally didn't know what to do with it. Amen. They had stuff. Watch this. They were slaves at 1130. By 1145, they had plundered the Egyptians. Watch this. Some of y'all keep saying, man, if the Lord would just do this, if the Lord would do this. Here's the problem. Truth be told, you don't even know what to do with it. At 11.45, they got all uh, yet. I was just correcting what I said. You don't even know what to do with it yet. But you're going to learn. <laughs> Touch your neighbors. I received that. Say, I'm debt free too. You're supposed to say, I receive that. Somebody said, Bishop, I, I'm not dead for you. You better learn how to call things that be not as though they were life and death in the power of your tongue. So, so check this out. Check this out. BC, I'm almost done. Once, once. So what ends up happening, what ends up happening is, 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 is uh, 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 the children of Israel left overnight. They were rich, filthy rich. Bible says they plundered the Egyptians. The Egyptians were a rich nation because, I mean, after all, you can build something great with 430 years of free labor. America has that same testimony. You can build anything great if you get hundreds of years of free, uh, free labor. Now, they had 400, Egyptians had 430 years of free labor, so, so they were able to build, uh, build uh, a great nation, so they were rich. Now, the Egyptians plunder them, and the Bible says that they even have favor with the Egyptians. They leave overnight. Say overnight. overnight. When they leave overnight, God says, say God says, God says it's supposed to be an 11-day trip from Egypt to the promised land. Shalom. Because for you and I, it's not a piece of land, it's a lifestyle. Got it? It's not a lifestyle that's free from problems. It's just a lifestyle where when we look at the problem, we realize I already took you out, I already took you out, I already took you out, I already took you out. Got it? 
It's not a life that's free from giants, right? Because giants only appear in the promised land. It just means when you see the giant, you're like, woe unto you. Because since I woke up today, I'm taking your head off. Do you understand it? Now, watch this. Say 11 days. That's the only amount of time it was supposed to take. But the Bible says that the Lord knew that there was, they were going to have to encounter a little warfare. And so because of that, he said he took them a little bit of a different journey, but it still should have only taken approximately 11 days. Say approximately 11 days. Here's the problem. How do you get directions on your navigation that says you follow me 11 minutes away? Like that's up the street. Round the corner. I can basically kind of practically see it kind of ish from here, right? How in the world do you turn an 11-day journey, supposed to be, into a 40-year journey? Touch your neighbor and say rebellion. That's how you do it. I'm grown. I'm going to do what I want to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. And God's like, cool. Ain't nobody going to tell you nothing. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to wander in the wilderness. And the children of Israel, when they wandered in the wilderness, and here's the crazy thing about it. The promised land, just, just kind of go with me. Let me give you a little geography, okay? The doctor's in. Okay, what, what's this? No, that's all right. Okay. all right. What's this? So that's the promised land, right? Actually, no, this is going to be the promised land. That's bigger. Show them the promised land. This here is the promised land. Say promised land. Now, it's an 11-day journey, so it's not that far. That's 11 days walking with 2 million people. So if it was just Moses and them running, light jog, they probably could have got there in about five, six days. When you got 2 million people, you got to come, and then you got uh, 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 get so-and-so, they hungry. Okay, well, we got to stop. Oh, so-and-so want to stop at the store, get something to eat. You know, it's like, come on now, come on. You ever been on a road trip with people and they just don't know how to make the road trip effective? You're like, you should have planned for this. You knew we were going to be in the car for 16 hours. You talk about, I'm thirsty. I need to use the bathroom. There's a cup in the back. There ain't nobody got time to keep getting off the highway and stopping. So when you got 2 million people on your road trip, it's going to take a little time, right? Or, or not road trip, but in this case, the working trip. So here's the deal, because I'm just saying, where are you going with this? The Ammonites, the Ammonites? I say Moabites? The last was the people from Mount Seir. Now, here's why that's interesting. Mount Seir was the mountain that they walked around for 40 years. Promised land right there. But their rebellion, watch this, wouldn't let them see what they already had. When you're rebellious, you won't recognize what's already in your presence. And you'll keep praying for an answer when you've had the answer the whole time. But rebellion shields you from it. But I'd speak it into somebody's life tonight. That your days of rebellion against God and God's word are over. And you might make some mistakes. You might get knocked down, but touch your neighbor and say, watch me get right back up. So for 40 years, come on, give me some marching music. 40 years. 40 years, for, I mean 40, 40 years. Now, what's this? What's this? Moses, when he, went to, when he went to go rescue them, Moses 80. No, I don't, no, like 80. Not eight. 80. Now, I know Moses is like, God, dog, if y'all don't come on here, I'm too old for this. When we gonna make some progress? He's marching around 40 years. Somebody say 40 years. 40 years. 
promised land over there, walking around for 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. The only reason they changed and finally head north, the scripture says in Deuteronomy, is because God said, I can't stomach this anymore. God said, I can't look at you do this anymore. Can I tell somebody tonight, God has looked at the cycles going on in your life. And because he's a good, good father and he loves you, can I just tell you, God has said, I can't let you do that no more. I can't let you repeat that foolishness no more. Those cycles are over because you are in your... Re and what better time to end them than on the last Wednesday of this, this spiritual year? Can I teach you like I want to teach you? So we are currently in the spiritual year 5776. From Genesis 1 and 2. Not Genesis 1 and 1, because from Genesis 1 and 1 to Genesis 1 and 2, there's a chasm of time that has no number that we can properly articulate. That's why science and, and the Bible are not at odds with one another. It's only at odds with those that can't read, write, and do arithmetic. The Bible confirms science. Science confirms the Bible. See, between Genesis 1 and 1 and Genesis 1 and 2, there is a chasm of time where there are certain things going on, certain things that have happened that we may not be able to understand, that we might not be able to, uh, uh, to properly articulate. But from Genesis 1 and 2 and on, somebody say Genesis 1, 2, uh, till now, 57, 76. Now, 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 uh, it actually begins... We're going to recognize it next Wednesday. It actually begins a little bit before that. When we come in here on Sunday, we're going to be stepping into it uh, technically. Why is that important? Touch it and say, here's why Bishop's telling this. Because six is the biblical number of man. What, what does that mean, Bishop? Of you trying to do it your way. Of you walking around the same mountain for 40 years of you going through the same drama over and over again, of you repeating the same cycles. But when you step off into seven, that is completion. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. Now, now, now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Can I, can, I, can I do it like I want to? Can I do it like I want to? So he's dealing with the Ammonites. He's dealing with the Moabites. He's dealing with the people from Mount Seir. Watch this. The cycle tried to return. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The discouragement cycle tried to return. The depression cycle tried to return. Can I take you another further? Can I take you another further? The past people tried to return. Give me one more chance, baby, baby. Give me one more chance. Past people tried to return. That's why you've been running into folk and you're like, I ain't seen you in yet. How in the world? Are you following me? What? Ain't nobody going? Because not only do you have to have people problems, Ammonites, you also have to have Moabites, generational curses, and then the kick is people from the past. And when they show up, can I just help you peep game? When they show up, watch this, you let your guard down, watch this, because they're familiar. And the only, I need to preach to somebody, this is somebody's answer. And what you think is just a friendly interaction was actually Satan trying to get a spirit transferred to you. I'm helping somebody transfer to you that would mess you up, jack you up, tie you up, tangle you up. But I got news for the enemy, this time you ain't falling for that. So, so what's the right hook? 
Ammonites, what's the left hook? Moabites, what's the kick? Ammonites, or excuse me, uh, Mount Sarah. So let's just get it right. Ammonites, Moabites, Mount Sarah. It's like a tabo workout. You didn't know you were going to come to church and lose some weight. Come on, right hook. Ammonites. <laughs> All right, here we go. One, two, one, double time, go. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> no, what's this? What's the right hook? Ammonites. What's the left hook? Moabites. What's the kick? Mount Sam. All of those problems at the same time. Have you ever said to yourself, I just need a moment because there's so much coming at me right now? That's where Jehoshaphat is. And here it is. He gets scared just like anybody would. So he fasts. You didn't know I've been setting you up for this. He fasts and prays and calls much of the nation together to pray. He says to the Lord, are you not God? Are you not so powerful that nobody is able to withstand with you? And I don't think his prayer was for God as much as it was to remind himself and the people of who their God was. And he says this, no matter what happens, we will stand in your presence and we're going to cry out to you and you will hear us and you will save us. But if you will not judge them, we're clearly less powerful than they. He says this, Jehoshaphat does, we don't know what to do, but our eyes, our focus, I was teaching you about focus, our focus, our attention is on you. Touch your neighbor and say your attention should be on God. And let's be specific because you don't just come to some little cornflake church where you're just getting cookies and cornflakes. When you say your attention should be on God, that means I make what's important to him important to me. I put the kingdom first in my time, church attendance, in my treasures, giving my tithes, offerings, first fruits, in my testimony, inviting people to church, in my thirst, my prayer, praise, and my worship, and my talent, that's serving. And while they're praying, God speaks a promise to the people. Second Chronicles 20, 15, he says, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for this battle is not yours, but God. Say this battle. Now, now I says, I says, now, you remember what came to your mind when I just announced that? Okay, okay. Because I don't want you to misappropriate this text for every battle because some battles going to require you to get some weapons and go fight. This particular battle, this battle can be knocked out with your praise. He says, do not be afraid for this battle uh, is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them, verse 16. They will surely come up. He said, listen, it's going to be in your face. In other words, he said, your praise is going to let you, it's going to let it get to your face. And that's about as close as it's going to get. So don't get scared just because it gets in your face. Y'all not saying nothing. Don't think that it didn't work just because it got close. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Uh, verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. We read this, position yourselves. Say position. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord uh, 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 who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. In verse 18, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with uh, what kind of voices? And what? See, it, when, 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 when I'm exhorting you and saying praise and shout and all that, we're not just going through emotionalism. What you're doing is you are using your weapons to create resets. 
you're using your praise to create resets. You can get more done in 10 minutes of praise than 120 minutes of you trying to figure it out. You can get more done with five minutes of praise than five hours trying to write it out and figure out. There's some stuff you're going to add up and it ain't never going to add up. But if you put a praise on it, shut your neighbor and say, I know he will. <laughs> Watch this. They position themselves to win through their praise and worship. There are some battles that we face in life that God wants us to use a weapon that doesn't make any sense. And it may seem weird or crazy because you're trying to understand why something like praise and worship is a weapon. Let me make it really simple. It's no different than when you go to a concert, a good Christian godly concert. You're celebrating who they are and what they've done in anticipation of them doing more of it. Let me say it again. Uh, you'll go to a concert and holler and scream and, and you'll go on a Wednesday night. You'll go on a Thursday night. That's what I'm saying. Folks talking about, oh, I got to get ready for work in the morning. Well, you went to that concert on Tuesday night. You went to that concert on Monday night. Don't get quiet on me now. And when you're there, you're celebrating who they are and what they've done in anticipation of them doing more of it. In fact, if you've ever looked at a concert uh, on YouTube or wherever or watched one or been to one, you'll notice that once the artist finished the song, uh, they'll wait on the audience's response to see if they'll play it some more. God sits back and says, now I've been good to you so far this year, but I'm just looking at the audience to see your response to see if I just keep on doing it some more. And I don't know about you, but he's been so good to me this year. I want him to do some more and some more and some more. And here it is. Come here. What's this? This is why praise and worship is referred to as a garment. Say it's a garment. And Isaiah 61, 3, the scripture says, to appoint them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven is that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Uh, watch this. We praise and worship. We praise and worship. We praise and worship. We praise and worship to respond to heaviness. You, you, you miss it. You miss it. You miss it. When you get heavy, that's not the time to stay there. When you feel stressed, that's not the time to stay stressed. When you feel like you're having an emotional meltdown, that's not the time to just stay there. When you feel discouraged, that's not the time to stay there. The book says that we put on the garment of praise just for the spirit of heaviness. Meaning, watch this, people dealing with the most ought to be the most radical praise and worshipers. Y'all not saying nothing. Don't just sit up and have stank attitude face because of what you're going through. Instead, whenever you got heaviness, you ought to say to yourself, I'm going to be the loudest one in there. I'm going to be the biggest one shouting in there. Why? Because I'm putting it on just because I'm... Now, 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 now say position yourself. There, there, there are, there are, there are, there are uh, nine primary ways, Hebrew words, of how we position ourselves for praise and worship. And I've taught you these before, but now I want to give you them in a new context. Say a new context. Every time you use them, you're instituting a reset. Every time you use them, you're initiating a reset. See, you may think, oh, that's just, oh, that's cool. All that little dancing and all that, that's cool. No, no, that's a weapon. This here, that great God, that's my cue for that song. They know whenever I do this, 
That's, that, that's what I want to hear. Watch this, watch this. Touch your neighbor and say, that's a weapon. See, so you just think, oh, how neat. And God says, no, that's making me finna go take somebody's head off. They're celebrating who I am and what I've done in anticipation of me doing some more of it. So here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Now, here it is. Now, 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 now watch this. Say, nine ways to reset through praise and worship. I'm going to give them to you real quick. We're done. The first is yada. That means to worship with an extended hand to give. Like this. Throw, throw it out like this. Say yada. See, here's what I'm doing. God, take the problem. Take the burden. Take your frustration. See, there's a difference. Heaven responds differently depending on how your hand is raised. You don't think it matters, but it matters to him because he created two different words for two different positionings of your hand. Okay, so, 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 say, say, yada. yada. It means to worship with extended hand. It means to give. Now, now watch this. Here's what we're going to do. Say, Lord, everybody do it. Say, Lord, Lord I give you my drama, my issues, my stress, my mess, my heaviness, my discouragement, my fear. I give it to you. Take it. That's yada. But now watch this. But then watch this. But then watch this. Then when you reverse it, it's called toda. See, there's two different words because heaven responds differently to each one. Toda, T-O-W-D-A-H from a note takers. It means I'm worshiping for things not yet received as well as things already in hand. Uh, watch this. So here's how it should go. See, if you just start like this, you're trying to receive with full hands. Be, good, be a good church. And that's where you're like, I just don't, I just, I don't, after praise and worship, I, you know, sometimes I feel better and sometimes I don't because you, you're, you're too casual with it. You thought heaven was supposed to just give you something because you're just going to give him whatever kind of praise and worship you want. But he said, listen, you're going to have to give it to me the way I want you to give it to me and it'll create a reset. So, so here it is, yada, take my drama, toda, give me the victory. Yada, take my problems. Toda, give me progress. You, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Take this lack and give me liberty. Take this debt and make me... Yada, toda. Yada, toda. Do it with me, church. Yada, toda. Now, Heaven says each one of those means something different. And they each individually create a reset. See, when you give God, that's what the scripture says, cast your cares on him for, for he cares for you. Now, how do you cast your cares on him? It ain't just saying, oh, I cast my cares on you, Jesus. There's an actual hand movement associated with it. So when you wake up in the morning and perhaps you're feeling a little heavy and once I give him all of that I receive your joy I receive your love I receive your peace I receive your favor I receive your grace third, third, third one third one is Hallel H-A-L-A-L this is where we get our word hallelujah I'm almost done Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say, 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 say it like you're from the deep south. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
Watch this now. Watch this. It means to rave. Give me that thing. Please. Thank you. Um, we got the, I don't know where we got from. But it's, it's now, I'm, anybody in your former life like a raver? Nobody? Thank you for the honest person in here tonight. Thank you. Now, watch this. At the raves, okay, I've seen it on the movies. At the raves, at the raves, they have these light sticks and stuff. And they be doing it all. They be doing this here. And they be moving it up under their leg and stuff. Like, what are you doing? And they be rolling around their foot and all this. Now, 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 now here's the point. Here's the point. Somebody say rave. rave. Uh, Hallel means to rave. In, in other words, it means act in such a way that when people look at you, they're like, where they do that? <laughs> where they do that? Why, thank you, why, 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 why are they acting like that? Who's that important for them to stop acting dignified? Who's that important for them to not just sit there with their legs crossed and act has sadiddy? In its street terms, sadiddy, because the word sadiddy means to be melancholy about things that you've lost or no longer present. It's street term, the most urban colloquial use and just the street colloquial use which would be modern vernacular in our English language simply means a little stuck up. You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever maybe been somewhere where you know people just kind of you know just, just a little bit. Just, just, just a little bit. Hallel means when people look at you they're like why are you acting that way? And the inside scoop is, if you knew what I knew about him, you wouldn't be able to sit there like that either. And here's what's funny. Whenever you talk about Hillel, sometimes people get a little uncomfortable because they'll think, well, Bishop, that's just not my personality. I don't agree with you. And here's why I don't agree with you. We did a check on your social media and saw that when you were shouting for the Broncos... When they were Super Bowl champs and all is here, you were going crazy. Yeah! Got blue paint on your face. Fingernails all dirty. Because you've been putting paint on your face, painting your kid's face. Got orange all on your white. Because you thought they were important enough to act undignified. I think it's a few people at Wednesday Night Live that think he's important enough to act undignified. He's been too good to me to sit there and try to be cute for you. I'll act undignified for him. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I can't just sit there. God got you out of that car accident. God healed your body. God kept you from losing your mind. Touch your neighbor and say, don't act dignified. You see that I got to finish? It means to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. God says, it's not Hallel praise, which means high praise, the highest praise. It's not that, unless when people look at you, they say they're acting like a fool. If ain't nobody looking at it crazy, it ain't Hallel. See, David knew how to Hallel the Lord. David made a lot of mistakes, 
But when it came to praise and worship and prayer and repenting, the Bible says David danced one time. David was just going in. He had his little rave stick. I'm joking. He, David was going in. David danced so much. David was like, oh, God is so good. God is so good. God, yes, he's good. He's good. David took his clothes off. Now, I want to know what kind of dance is you doing where you come up out your clothes? Maybe some of David's generational curses was trying to creep out. I don't know. Maybe David's like, hey, girl, let me praise the Lord. Hey, girl. It means radical. Say radical. radical. Which is why, that's why we say at the beginning of worship experiences, passionate praise and worship is important here in Harvest. So students and adults alike can join us at the altar. And some of y'all come on, and that's okay. I want to encourage everybody. Somebody say everybody. everybody. At one point, you need to make your way down here. Why? Because you're stepping over into Hillel, which is the highest praise. And if it's the highest praise, watch this. It produces the highest reset. You're going to be reset to the level of your praise, which means don't be too cool for school. Don't be trying to set up and be cool for everybody. Touch your neighbor and say, get a little radical. The more radical your worship, the more radical your praise, the more radical your rescue. Now, radical can be relative for you. Uh, you praise how it's radical for you, but touch your neighbor and say, but don't hate on my radical praise. So if you see somebody that's got their own beat, don't be sitting there talking about they got their own beat. You ought to look at them and say, they getting it. I bet you by the time it gets to God's ears, it's on beat. And I bet you when he sends a breakthrough, it's going to be on. Touch them and say, get radical, get radical, get radical. Uh, this, this is why when you see people who don't know how to praise and worship, they often don't experience many great things in life. And the reason they don't is because they somehow think that God, you know, they want to intellectualize spiritual things. They want to intellectualize it. Jesus, I just, I just want to tell him. I just want to tell you, Jesus. I just want to tell you just from my heart, Jesus. And he's like, I don't want to hear all that. I want you to act like a fool for me. You act like a fool for that woman. You act like a fool for that job. You act like a fool for that car. You act like a fool for that house. You act like a fool for them crazy friends that dropped you when it wasn't convenient. And if you can act a fool for them, you can show enough act. I got to finish. Say radical. Then the next is to shabak. That means to shout. When we shout, our shout is like a ram's horn that calls things into order. In the scripture, when the year was changing, next Wednesday, next Wednesday, you're going to hear the actual ram's horn being blown. You're going to hear it because we're, the year is switching over, the spiritual year. Now, now check this out. T -t 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 Touch your neighbor and say, when you shout, when you shout, when you shout, you call things into order. It is your way of commanding everything in your life that's not in order to get in order. And, and here's what may happen afterwards. Sometimes when order comes, it gets noisy before it gets orderly. In Ezekiel, when he called the bones together, they started making noise, but the noise was just an indication order was coming. 
Don't think that your praise didn't work just because stuff in your life got noisy, stuff in your life got messy. No, it's working. It's pulling everything that needs to be put in place and putting it in place. And I dare somebody tonight to just use your Shabbat. Everything that's out of order, you're caught. Be seated, I gotta finish. We're gonna put them all together in a minute. Say so that's a reset. So if your finances are out of order, your shout has the ability to. I says, here's the next word. Barak. B-A-R-A-K. It means to kneel down to receive the blessing. In Hebrew culture, the fathers would bless their sons. They would bless their sons. They would take their right hand, their right hand of authority and power. They'd place it on the son's forehead. Then they'd speak over the son's life, and whatever they spoke would become the son's future. Now, when we kneel in his presence, it's not just, you know, for form and fashion. When we kneel, we are literally positioning ourselves to receive the blessing of being in his presence. What is blessing? An empowerment. So when you kneel, what you're doing is receiving empowerment. You're not just doing some religious thing just to do it. If you grew up in a liturgical church and they had the little kneeling boards and you kneel and you're like, what in the world are we kneeling for? I don't know, Mary, Martha, Gabriel, them, I don't know, whoever, whatever. Sweet Jesus, okay. And it was a religious thing. But watch this, when we kneel, say when we kneel, we're receiving the blessing from being in his presence. Which means every time I kneel before him, I'm being empowered. Oh, because by the way, the only way you could receive a king or a crown, excuse me, was that you had to kneel before one greater than you so he could bestow something upon you. So when you kneel, you're humbling yourself before the Lord so he can place something on you that he has that is greater than you. And that's what favor is. Favor is when the superior one leans towards the inferior one. All right, you still with me? And that's a reset. Watch this. Zamar. Say Zamar. That means to worship with music. Allah. Say Allah's. A-L-A-Z. That means to jump for joy. So, 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 so watch this. When I jump, watch this, it's a reset. Why do you need to know that? Because if you don't know what you're doing, you'll just look, it's just a workout video. But when you know what you're doing, you'll see it as a weapon. Which means when I jump it's a weapon what am i doing okay i want to preach now i want to preach i ain't been able to do it in 10 years i'm going to do it now when you jump a jump gets you from one place to another place quickly uh, in physics it's called a quantum leap which means i was over there but when i jumped i got from over there skipped time skipped time and got from where I was to where I wanted to be and I got there faster. Touch your neighbor say when you jump you skip time. Which means I know they said five years but if you know how to allow it'll take five days. I know they said six years but when you allow you huh? Next is Kara. K-A-R-A-R I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. K-A-R-A-R. That means to dance. Say dance. Uh, now, now, watch this. There's several types of dances. I could teach you some, but I ain't going to put you through that pain. 
I think I can get it, though. I think I can get it. A little bit. A little bit. Un poquillo. Ain't that how you say it? Say dance. When you dance, it is form of praise and worship. It creates a reset. Say it's a reset. So, so when you dance, when you move, especially, you know, and touching David saying everybody can move. So you just move your feet to the beat. Just move. Touch them and say, gotta move. Gotta dance. Gotta car around. Touch them and say, no parking. No parking on the dance floor. So some of y'all will say, watch this, watch this. Some of y'all will say, look at so-and-so, they doing crazy dances. That's why they get crazy blessed. That's why they get crazy breakthrough. That's why they get crazy. That's why they get crazy favor, because they know how to chara. Touch your neighbor and say, learn how to move. I'm telling the truth. Here's the last one, and I got to finish this. Tehillah means to sing. For my note takers, T-E-H-I-L-L-A-H. The scripture says Psalm 22.3. And then, and then we're going to read the story, and then we're done. Did you learn something tonight? Yes, Say, I'm resetting, I'm resetting with praise. With praise. Okay. So now when you come to church, you'll know there's a difference between these two. Don't just stop. Or for those of you trying to be cool, and heaven is like, we can't even do nothing. Because your hands are full. We can't give you nothing because your hands are full. We can't fill you up because you coming in here acting like you're already filled up. But when you come in here, heaven's like, we'll take all that drama and give you some. Now, Psalm 22, 3, it says, but you are holy enthroned on the praises or in the praises of Israel. Praises here is the word tehillah. So it's not just all of those other words praised. It specifically says God is enthroned. He takes his seat when we sing. Now, I've taught you this before, but I need you to understand the significance of it in the context of a reset. Say, in a reset. The king doesn't sit at his throne all day. The king only sits on his throne when he is getting ready to make a decree, a decision, or something is being presented to him to honor him. Got it? Now, uh, the, the king's decree could be you live or you don't. You up or you down. You the head or you the tail. Totally predicated upon what he does when he sits on his throne. You still here, church? Now, the book says he only sits on his throne. See, the, the king, if we were to look at a monarchy, the king... He doesn't just, you know, sit on the throne all day. He's running the affairs of the kingdom. So why would it use this term enthroned? So that you and I would understand that since he's enthroned, if you want him to make a decision in your favor, open your mouth and sing. Because when you sing, the king says, something is being presented to me. Let me take my seat. And the only reason I'm sitting on the throne is because somebody's presenting something to me that honors me and I'm getting ready to make a decision and a decree. And since they honored me, I'll make it in their 
favor. So, so touch your neighbor and say, even if you can't sing, sing. The Bible says make a joyful noise. Some of it is. It's just noise. But the point is, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Truth be told, you can sing if you wanted to. You can sing if you wanted to. And even if you're on the wrong note, just, just keep going, though. Just, say, just keep going. Because watch this. If the king's taking the throne and a decision has been made against you, watch the reset. Somebody holler reset. reset. Your singing has the ability. They said it's going to cost 10000 I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Ooh, oh, I love, 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 I love. And God is like, okay. They're going to give it to you for free. Y'all not saying nothing. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Just your neighbor say you're singing or get you what you need. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.